Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Blair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a solo episode of Third Eye Awakening. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to the episode from the beginning of the year, the um, Tarot Akashic reading for the whole entire year ahead, but the card for January was the Ace of Wands. I feel like I might have said this in my last week's podcast intro. <laughs> I don't remember. I say things so many places. I have no idea. But anyways... Holy shit, the Nine of Wands is legitimately it for me. I feel like I'm being dragged across shards of glass through January. But it's, it's okay, that's so dramatic. It's like so hyperbolic to say that. My calendar is so full and... I'm realizing like, oh my God, the Christmas holiday was not restful or restorative for me at all. It was just go, go, go. My kids home all the time. Um, the buildup to Christmas, like I did not factor in <laughs> the time off I was going to need in order to just be okay as a regular human being, <laughs> let alone be okay as somebody who is downloading so freaking much information that I literally don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do. I am, <laughs> it almost feels like I'm going to go insane, but I also, also like, again, I don't want to be overly dramatic. I'm fine. I'm going to survive. The reason I'm going to survive is because it ends at the end of January. My schedule opens up at the end of January. Today is the first day that I've had to myself with no calls on my schedule since, truthfully, I've been saying that it's been my first like day off to myself, truly to myself with nothing on my schedule at all that I have to do. No calls, no like Akashic readings, no podcast interviews, no... um. Uh, course, like module calls, no meetings with anyone, no appointments, nothing. Oh my God. This is the first day since September. I've been saying it's been since November, but when I look back on it, I'm like, no, since the manifestation boot camp started. Because for that one, I set the intention to do 90 days straight. Now, there were some days that I just couldn't do it, but it wasn't because I was taking the day off. It was because like I had my kids and just literally could not fit it in. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is that um, organization is not my strong point. I don't know, you guys. I have some kind of calendar dyslexia. <laughs> I have a numbers dyslexia and a calendar dyslexia. I think that I'm organizing things well so that this doesn't happen. And yet, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say for myself. 
So the point is I have some kind of calendar dyslexia. Organization is not my strong point, but more importantly, I'm getting so many downloads that my mind is being blown pretty much all day, every day. (sighs) So the nine of wands is real. I'm getting through it. I'm going to have real true integration time starting in February. Thank God. (sighs) But what are these downloads all about? Let me tell you. So I shared back in November that I had a huge piece of the puzzle come in where I was like, oh, I remember walking through Stargates. Oh, I remember being a, I mean, like, I remember being Faye, but there's something even more than that. It's almost like Faye is one one thing you can be. I remember being a different species, a different group. Like I remember all that with vivid clarity. And I understood that um, a lot of us are having this level of memory reactivated. And that has triggered me to start talking a lot about walk-ins. And I feel like maybe I can back up a little bit and tell you what a walk-in is like what I mean when I'm referring to a walk-in because obviously you know if it's your first time coming across this term you can totally legitimately be like what the fuck is she talking about (sighs) so I guess let's start by saying like Walk-in is a term that somebody made up, okay? There is no, I don't know if you could go to a dictionary and find a definition for the term walk-in. I don't think so, but I haven't tried it myself. I believe that it is a term that's becoming more popular as more of us have these experiences. But the reason I'm sharing this is to say like, there's no official definition. So, you know, Take, keep that in mind as you're listening to me. Allow what I'm saying to expand your consciousness, activate your own understandings within your own spiritual um, ascension journey, awakening experience, whatever, whatever. But don't, like if there are things that don't resonate with you or don't make sense to you, it's all good. I'm just doing my best to explain the way that I'm understanding it and the way that I'm experiencing it from my personal vantage point. So the first time I ever came across the term walk-in was in a book called Essential Psychic Healing by a woman named Diane Stein. Also, I just want to say I strongly recommend this book. I just pulled it off my shelf the other day to go back and read, like for the first time in years, um, to go back and read what she wrote about walk-ins. And I'm reminded how in-depth and really amazing that book is. And it's, it's fairly short. It's not a super like dense, heavy, long book. So um, check it out if that calls to you. It's about psychic healing, but it's really, really cool. Anyway, I'm going to read the passage that I'm referring to. So it's literally on page one of the book. And the passage is so super short. She's telling, you know, like her experience and like when all this stuff kind of got triggered and activated within her, all of this spiritual stuff and psychic development and healing and whatever. And she says, that day was preparing me for what I afterwards termed a walk-in, though I had no name for it at the time. In bed, in the middle of the night, a few weeks later, 
in a state somewhere between sleep and waking, but very alert, I felt and watched vivid green and red ocean waves move through my body. They were beautifully formed, like the ocean breakers in a Japanese painting, and intensely hot, like the energy that had healed my hand. I perceived them as stunningly beautiful and was not afraid. Then I felt and saw myself hovering above my body, detached from it while being in it at the same time. An aura of bright white mist enveloped that hovering self, took her away completely, and a different me, in air quotes or in quotes, returned and settled into my body on the bed. There was a discussion with someone I couldn't see about just how to enter and several readjustments before it was done. From that time of soul exchange, I felt that I was someone else and my former self, though present, seemed moved to the background, watching but no longer active. All my perceptions were greatly different in every disconcerting way. Every aspect of my life immediately and often frighteningly changed. I had difficulty functioning in my body for the next few weeks, had trouble remaining upright to walk at first, and difficulty in remembering how to do many formally automatic actions. I couldn't remember the route driving to work that I had taken every day for the past three years or how to fit the key into the car ignition. Those first few days of driving were definitely scary too. What made it more difficult was that I didn't understand why I was having so much trouble doing these things or why I was even doing most of them. I quickly became a strict vegetarian, eating rice and fresh vegetables and drinking herb teas. I, who had always kept a complete diet of meat and donuts. I left my high-stress, emotionally destructive office job within days after being caught meditating on working time and started my first published book, the Kuan Yin Book of Changes, two days later. I broke contact with my even more destructive parents and family within the next few months. Okay, and then she goes on with her story of like, you know, the progress, the progression of her her spiritual journey. But I wanted to share that because that is the first place that I ever came across the term walk-in and that must have been maybe around 2005 or 2006. And when I read those words... Um, I knew what it meant. I knew what a walk-in was. I just got it. And I remember reading and rereading and rereading that passage and paragraph because I knew that it was important and I, I, I just knew it was relevant to me, even though I had never experienced anything like that at the time. I mean, at that time, I don't know. It's hard to describe where I was. It's like I've always known. <laughs> I've always known that I am here with a mission that I'm I feel like I've always known that I'm a major player in the story and yet I've also very much felt like an invisible small nothing of a human and you know not felt important it's a very strange sort of like bridge to to gap. It was like two ways of perceiving myself, but they weren't really bridged, I suppose. Anyway, so I remember reading that and I was super fascinated by it. And I could start to see other people who had had walk-in experiences, or at least that's how it made sense to me. One example is the musician John Frusciante um, of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So he was their guitar player um, and then he left following... Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which was a super 
successful album and he just like walked away from the band and then he descended into like a pit of heroin darkness like an extreme pit of heroin darkness and then he re-emerged and John Frusciante has always been like a, a lighthouse to me like one of my personal like I'm so fucking glad that you exist you you saved me thank you thank you thank you thank you for everything you have ever done ever created ever said ever not said everything And of course, okay, I haven't met him, so I can't verify that this is what happened, but there are certain passages in certain songs of his, and then there are just differences in the way that he is, where I feel like, oh yeah, he had a walk-in experience, like the version of him that had initially come to start out this human life was like, peace the fuck out. I cannot, like he was in Los Angeles for God's sakes as a massively, massively sensitive, like hugely psychically open, um, young man. And I know a lot of you can relate because a lot of you are in LA or similarly big intense cities. And I just like, I bow to you guys because that is a lot of psychic information to mediate and you know in big cities consciousness levels are not always refined and pristine enjoyable currents to swim in so anyway I saw John Frusciante and I was like oh I get it like he had a walk-in experience like in his case I feel like it's possible that his the the beginning soul checked out and a new soul checked in. Sometimes that is what a walk-in is referring to. There's another example. Um, there's a woman named Sheila Seppi. Her last name is S-E-P-P-I. And you can check her out if you're interested in learning about walk-ins. She has a, a certain way of categorizing and explaining them. But there's also an example of like a soul leaving and a new soul entering um, that is shared by a woman named Aurora and she was on tinfoil hat and I'm pretty sure her episode was called flying rainbow lasagna. Anyway, she claims that she is a walk-in. I've never had a conversation with her, so I don't know for sure, but it's a very interesting conversation anyways. So sometimes they can be like bigger extreme things like that, where, you know, a soul, the, the initial soul for whatever reason is not staying in this body. And so the old soul leaves and a new soul comes in. I don't think that's what Diane Stein was describing when she talks about her experience. And that is not how I personally experience it. The way my walk-in experience feels is, um, it's less intense and dramatic and abrupt than that. So like I've shared before, I remember being two years old and remembering like it's it's like my higher dimensional consciousness was still in this body. I have such a clear long term memory. People always compliment me on it um, my whole entire life. They always have people who aren't necessarily spiritual. They just are they marvel at the the crispness of my recall of detail of events that we have lived through together. And it obviously extends into the Akashic Records, but it's cool because it's all verifiable stuff, right? So I can be like, oh, and then we were at this birthday party and this person was upset because blah, 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 and this happened. And they're like, how do you even remember that? But their memory is triggered when I share it too. So so I feel like I've always 
been here with a a high level of lucidity. And when I was born, I had my higher dimensional consciousness, like the intention was always for it to occupy this body and this life that I am living. So when I was two and I was really close to like spirit, I guess, you know, like I was still adjusting to being in a physical body in a physical life. I just knew that I was here to do something big. And I knew that I, like, I knew there was a reason that I came here. Sometimes I worry that that can sound a little like egomaniacal and grandiose, but I don't feel like it's grandiose at all. Cause I don't, I don't, like fancy that I'm, you know, meant to be this like world famous, blah, blah, blah. And I don't care if you admire me. Like, that's not what I'm in it for. I just know that the role that I'm here to play is very intentional, that I'm not just like, whoa, accidentally here. Whoa, I just find myself here. Well, what am I going to do with this life? It's always felt like, oh no, you're here (laughs) with a set of instructions. Like you very much came here intentionally. And that's what you're here to do. And if you do not fulfill it, you will be so mad at yourself. So, you know, (laughs) stay focused. Keep your head in the game, girl. So I've always had that level of lucidity. That being said, I imagine it was about when I was 12 or 13, probably when I, you know, got my hormones, but I turned into an idiot. (laughs) Like when I was a teenager, good God. (laughs) I I mean, I am an intelligent person and I always have been and I'm not trying to shit on myself but or the teenage version of myself, but I just was like so, I don't know, had, I, I feel like I, I was an asshat. That's what I was. <laughs> and I just became very like dialed into this human body and like my ego really came online dramatically in a way that it hadn't been before around the time that I got my hormones. And it also doesn't mean I was an egomaniacal lunatic. It just means that, holy shit, did I become invested in this life, in this story. Like I became so concerned with the way I look, with the clothes that I wear, what people think about me, like the cute guy that I had a crush on. What does he think about me? What do my friends think? It's... Obviously, it's a rite of passage for many, many teenagers, but having a 19-year-old son, I can say that not everybody's teenagehood has to go that way, but mine did. So I feel like I kind of, when I was a teenager, separated from my higher dimensional self, and it's almost like I was given a gift of just being... Having a bit of a childhood, because I was always kind of aware of this as a child, um, and then having a teenagehood where I just got to feel like just a regular person and more or less to blend in. And then ever since that, like my spiritual awakening kind of started when I was 18 and it was sort of like, okay, your, your time to lollygag is up. And now you're painfully aware that you're here for a reason and that you have like something that you're here to do. So I guess the reason I'm sharing this is to say that for me, the walk-in experience has been very, very gradual. It's like I started out super lucid and super alert and self-aware at those higher dimensional levels. And then it kind of went to sleep 
And then it started to wake up when I was 18 and it was a slow burn of, you know, constant identity crisis and feeling like, what is this insane world? What am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't know how to function. Like when she's describing not knowing how to drive her car, that was me, but I didn't have words for it. And I didn't feel like a walk-in. It just felt like a spiritual awakening. Like I just... Like there was no dramatic like, oh my God, an old version of me was taken away and a new version of me was come in. It just felt like more wires were plugged in when I was 18. Like a bunch of wires got plugged in and I was like, like short circuiting, (laughs) trying to figure out how to exist here. And then I also became super empathically activated as well, even though I pretty much always had been, it really, really increased starting when I was 18. And like I've shared in previous episodes, most recently, um, my one about, you know, empath stuff, I, it's like I was taking in so much information and had no idea how to mediate it, no idea how to shield. And it was just so intense. Like, I don't know, I felt like a walking fool all the time. (laughs) Like, struggle to drive, struggle to get anywhere on time, struggle to anything. I just could barely keep my reality cobbled together. And then I kind of got used to that and did that for a long time, like my whole entire 20s and then more or less my 30s. And around the age of 31, maybe, yeah, would have been the time that I got into um, the midwifery program. And that's when I consciously decided like, oh, it's time to grow up. It's time to shift into your left brain and put aside all these spiritual things and psychic things and um, kind of like, oh, that was childish stuff. That was stuff of childhood. And now it's time to grow up and be part of the the big wide world. So that's what I kind of, you know, that's what I did. And I was pretty successful at it totally like was doing a great job at driving a great job at you know keeping people alive and learning all the facts and like I just switched into my left brain basically I was just like hey no longer talking to you right brain going over to the left brain and thinking about things in a very logical factual way engaging with the medical system and I was very good at it and then as I've shared got pregnant with Killian suddenly, Killian died, that was a whole entire quantum leap, totally pre-planned, totally (laughs) to get me back on my path, and um, that wasn't even a walk-in experience, that was just like a, you know, get back on path and re-attune me to the higher dimensions kind of thing. The next layer of walk-in that I started to experience was at the beginning of 2022 and I'll describe to you how it feels so that you can sort of understand and identify maybe if you're experiencing something like this too but again like these aren't rules like I'll say these are ways to know that you might be having a walk-in but it's just what I've experienced if you're not experiencing the same thing but you're like I'm pretty sure I'm having a walk-in though then like I believe you so at the beginning of 2022 holy crap. I, okay, (laughs) so much. (laughs) Bullet, like speed through it. Okay. 2021, huge 
um, huge quantum leap started making like, whereas I was always in debt, all the, always never had enough, never had enough to, to pay for everything like quantum leapt into my first $18,000 month and then into, um, a series of $30,000 months and just completely changed my financial reality. And, uh, that was a lot to, you know, integrate and whatever. I also suddenly started channeling the priestess transmissions and that was a lot to integrate. And, also, my business like totally took off and I was constantly booked out all the time. That was a lot to integrate. And then I had another baby. That was a lot to integrate. Meanwhile, for years, my body had been telling me that it could not handle certain foods anymore and I wasn't really listening to it. And it hit a wall. Like It's like I just could not mediate all of that stuff. Um, and around October of 2021, my body freaked the fuck out and like blew up in like face to chest all the way down to my arm level rashes and hives all the time and then we moved to a new house (laughs) so like my nervous system was absolutely fried January 2022 I one day woke up and then my grandfather died but we knew he was going to die. So it wasn't a big tragedy, but it was still, you know, really, I don't know. It took me close to that veil again, just like it, it did with Killian, like super close to the other side. So my grandfather died and then we all got COVID and, or whatever is, was going around at the time that was definitely not your typical illness. That's for sure. And then one morning I woke up and felt like, who am I? But it wasn't an existential crisis. It felt like looking in the mirror and being like, this is my face? Like there was a disconnect between the life I had been living and the life I had been creating and the person I identified as um, and then the awareness that was just there one morning. Like I just woke up one morning and it felt like I was living a different person's life. I don't really know how else to describe it. I felt no emotional connection. I felt very emotionally flat, but it wasn't the same as depression. But I thought if I wasn't as self-aware, I would probably mistake it for depression, especially because it is January and like, you know, January weather is kind of here where I live. And so but it wasn't depression. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't hopeless. I wasn't um, lacking in passion or anything like that. I just felt like I was in somebody else's life. And I recognized the body. It wasn't the same thing as like, you know, how intense it must be if you literally have some kind of accident that leads you to experience amnesia and then you wake up in a body and you do not remember it at all in a life and like you don't remember any of the facts that must be such an intense experience to live through it's not really like that it's more like I recognize the body I recognize the face I knew that I am Amy I know that this is my face I know this is my body I know this is my home that I moved here I know that these are my children I know this is my husband I know this is my business and this is what I've created and this is what I do but it all felt like not real. It was so strange, 
so strange. And I even took a pretty long hiatus from the podcast at that time, totally unintentional, because I had no idea what to talk about. I just didn't feel like this was my life. I didn't feel like me. And I reached out to some other people I know to just be like, do you have any, like, did you feel anything like this? Like, do, can you, do you have any insight to offer? And some people had helpful insight and other people did you know, they just weren't going through anything similar. And I just was like, I, I eventually put it together. Like, Oh, I'm having a walk-in. I'm having a walk-in and I've kind of gone blank. It's like, it didn't feel like I was that the walk-in was here yet. The walk-in that I'm talking about only came in in November this year. So I went from January 2022 to November 2023 preparing for this level of myself to drop in. So I started to get used to feeling kind of blank in January and February. And then in March, like some downloads started coming in again and some energy started moving again. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, here we go. And then I started getting so many codes (laughs) about how to prepare for these walk-ins. So many codes. It was crazy. And I ran a program at the time called 1212, which was about, basically about that, how to prepare, um, how to prepare your whole life to receive this, this walk-in. And then in November of this year, I feel like the walk-in happened and that is the part of me that I remember like moving through stargates all along in between that time like January 2022 to November 2023 all along I was getting little pieces of the puzzle but they felt huge at the time like mind-blowing and I've shared some of them on, on the podcast like I shared remembering that I'm part of the, like this group of kind of creator beings and that, you know, like you could break them down into the Enki faction and the Enlil faction. And that was just my way of describing the energy. I don't believe that I am Anunnaki, but it's like a similar level to the Anunnaki myths. The Anunnaki are almost certainly real. Um, I can't say that I've encountered them consciously enough to really say they're real, But when I listen to people talk about them, you know, it's like a feeling of knowing inside myself, like, oh yeah, they're real. Anyway, and I remember seeing things from like hugely higher dimensional perspectives and understanding what is going on here. Um, So many little pieces, but I still felt like They were all these random pieces of the puzzle and they didn't quite fit together to create a cohesive picture that I could anchor into and talk about. And that's what shifted in November was this huge chunk of the puzzle came in and I was like, oh, now I can see. Holy, holy crap. This is what's going on here. Um, And it's it's very much... (sighs) I don't really know what else to say about a walk-in experience. There's, I mean, there's so much, but I'm also secretly afraid that I'm boring you all to death as I talk about this. I hope not, but (laughs) that's my secret private human fear right now. Um, I guess I'll, 
I guess I'll maybe run us through some of the dimensions because I want you to also see yourself in this if it's if it resonates with you. If you're not having a walk-in experience, then just be entertained by this information. Um, but if you're having a walk-in, just know like it does not feel crystal clear necessarily that like, oh my God, my higher dimensional self stepped in. It just feels like it can feel bizarrely disjointed. It can feel like certain things that you used to be able to do are suddenly hard or you feel like you're up above yourself and you're just watching and you're not really in your life. You're not really in your body. Um, it can just feel like suddenly your priorities are so different. Like I deliberately included the part where she talked about going from being a meat and donut eater to a strict vegetarian eating rice and fresh vegetables and drinking herb teas because I very much experienced that myself but not just in the area of food in in the area of a lot of things like just where my higher dimensional self is like this will not do we are not doing we cannot do this anymore almost like the higher dimensional self is the part that is here with an objective. Like this life is not just to have a life and whatever, just like be here and learn. There's a reason I'm here. And my higher dimensional self is in the process of optimizing this life so that it can get to work, essentially. Okay. I'm going to stop talking about me for a minute. Ha! <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about, um, kind of like generally speaking, what I'm talking about when I talk about the higher dimensional selves. So there is the archetypal level of self that is walking in, and that's the seventh and eighth dimensional aspect of ourselves. You might, of course, oh, it's so hard to talk about the dimensions because I feel like then, you know, some people are like, wait, what about the fifth one? And what about the sixth one? And what about the fourth one for that matter? But I'm just jumping ahead to the seventh and eighth. Okay, deal with it. The archetypal levels of our consciousness exist at the seventh and eighth dimensions of consciousness. And they are the parts of us that I would um, associate with like being major players. So the archetypal energies are major players. Whether you are a healer or a priestess or um a singer a mm, a warrior a mage i mean there are so many arch there are so many archetypes a like somebody who works with money and physical resources there are so many archetypes but the way that it feels is like there's a bigger level of consciousness a bigger player that is looking at the game from a higher vantage point and is using your life to as a vehicle so your human level self your human third and fourth dimensional self just feels like you just feels like you living life going through your day-to-day rhythms you know you're kind of preoccupied by your dramas and your problems and your traumas and your you know relationship challenges and you're you know there there's just this ground level 
perception. That is not, I don't mean to minimize its importance. It is very important. But if we're only playing this game from the ground level, we're playing a very, very, very small role. Very small role. There's a higher level of perception that is that seventh and eighth dimensional archetypal level that is a bigger thing that is utilizing your human life to express itself. Man, these things are hard to talk about. Super hard to talk about. So let's say, for example, that you are a healer, okay? And you are connected with the archetypal, the seventh and eighth dimensional level archetypal consciousness of the healer. So the archetype of the healer is you are allowing it to utilize your life in order to advance its objective. I don't know, so hard to talk about because it's not something else. Like when I say advance its objective, it sounds like I'm saying that you're giving permission to some entity that's something outside of you to, you know, use your body. And that's not what I mean. I mean like you exist at that archetypal level. You are a little offshoot of that. And when you allow yourself to sync up with that and you become a healer and you accept that archetype, then it becomes the lens through which you experience your whole life. You become dedicated to that work. You start to notice Um, you know, whatever, like whatever your modality happens to be, you start to catalog the results that you get. You start to hone your craft. You, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're a healer and so you heal and that is what you do. Your body and your life is given over to that objective, that purpose. (sighs) I'm like, do I even want to go through the higher dimensional levels? Okay. At the higher dimensional levels, at the ninth and 10th dimensional levels, it's like we are the watchers and we are the scribes, I suppose we could say. I mean, even that is not, these things defy language. It's fucking so hard to talk about it. At the ninth and 10th dimensional levels, we are so far above the game that's being played out here on earth that these, are, these start to become the beings that we refer to as gods. And the gods can be cruel or seem cruel because they are so, so distant from what we are experiencing that they are not moved by it. And it's not because they are unfeeling and they don't care, but it's sort of the same way that you are not aware of, you know, the lifespan of a cell in your own body. You don't know what, what the experience of consciousness is at this, at the level of a single cell in your own body, but that is a living thing. And it is a portion of you and it might very well have 
an experience of consciousness that is so different from the experience you're having as an entire human being that it's almost impossible to bridge that gap. So at the ninth and 10th dimensional levels, it's a little bit like that. That's not a perfect analogy, but it's, it gets the point across. So that is a level where we really like, it's a creator level where we are creating things. Um, the ninth feels more to me like it's the level where we're just the watchers and we're watching what's going on here, but from a, like a removed place, um, you know, so a lot of, say, for example, if you have a ninth dimensional guide, that guide, like I do, is probably not going to give you a lot of guidance <laughs> because that guide is, has no buy-in. Like the guide does not have an ego the way that we experience ego. And so the guide is not moved by your suffering. And it's not because the guide is an asshole. It's just like, if they know completely that your consciousness is going to like at some point be, I don't know, freed from this perception it has and you will be fine and not only fine, but your consciousness will be enhanced because of everything you're experiencing here. It's that guide just doesn't like if that guide knows that completely, that guide is not going to feel the need to give you any guidance because there's nothing to guide you on. You're here. Everything is fine. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then at the 10th dimensional level is where I really see, I see, oh, it's almost like that's the level where we are truly writing the story, like really. So if you connect with your 10th dimensional self, that's the part of you that is writing the script of this whole big story that's going on here. And believe me, the story is much bigger than your one human life. And yet your one human life is also being written into that story. Um, the, the 11th dimensional level of consciousness is what I call the key holder and the record keeper level, because this is where the Akashic records are. And this is like the this is where our guides go to be useful. <laughs> but you can't demand that your guides be useful. P.S. That's not how it works. They do not obey your command. <laughs> they bring you useful things when you need the useful thing. And the useful piece of information comes from the 11th dimension. And it's like your next activation code, your next truth key your next um like the like keys that unlock doorways to new timelines keys that unlock doorways to parallel realities keys that unlock barriers to higher dimensions I don't know like <sighs> keys just feel like kind of like what I got on that huge piece of the puzzle that I got on um, November 13th that was a key. That was a huge key that unlocked a whole entire new timeline that is now available to me and it's fucking dope and I'm super excited to be on it. That comes from the 11th dimension. Um, it's also like those of us who have record keeper aspects that we are connected to, um, we like that's where we 
reside, so to speak, is at the level where we're not really even living our own life up there. We are simply stewards of the hall of recorded information, like the sacred library, so to speak, the the temple that holds all of the information. And then the 12th dimensional level is the avatar level. And it is the part of us that is connected to an ascended field of consciousness. So I don't even want to name any ascended masters because I feel like there's just so much weirdness around it and people have such intense opinions and I'm just not interested in playing with that, all that stuff. Um, But just know that the, like any ascended consciousness is, it's basically somebody who has lived through all of these layers and mastered every single one of them so that they can still retain an ego, which means they have an investment in how it goes. And they are also attached to the whole bigger picture. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Again, it's just my way of explaining the way that I see and understand a lot of this stuff. I'm trying to figure out where to go from here. Okay, well, I guess I'll talk about like, why would somebody even want to have this level of consciousness? Like, okay, we, in the spiritual community, there's all this emphasis on ascension, right? Like, oh, we're ascending, we're ascending. We are ascending. We're also expanding. We're like, we are ascending along the vertical column of our hairline. And um, we are also expanding along the horizontal axis of uh, multiple timelines. We are expanding diagonally through the astral field. Like, this is such an incredible time to be alive. It's so thrilling. I honestly don't know how my soul survived here in like past times. It was probably dull as porridge. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just so thrilled that I live at this time right now. So we hear all about ascension, right? And it is true. It is happening. But what is also happening in this walk-in experience is we are descending. So this higher level of consciousness is, is, um, yeah, it's on a, it's in a process of descent. It's descending down into these lower dimensional places into our human body so that it can become the driver of this this avatar, which is why I called my program the avatar, because like your body then becomes the vessel, the vehicle, your life becomes the, um, the setting for that higher dimensional consciousness to be here and like recode the game to play the game. If that makes sense. And the reason that I mean, I feel the number one reason that anyone would want to have this experience or play within this experience and integrate it for themselves is because life becomes 100% more interesting, so much more interesting. Back when I was 
oh gosh, 25 or something like that, 24, 25, I worked in, um, like I lived with my parents or I had an apartment of my own there too for a while, uh, in my small town. And I worked as a waitress in a town a half an hour away. And I was bored to tears. I could not possibly, like I, I wasn't getting constant downloads. I wasn't getting, I was not connected to this level of consciousness. Yes, I was spiritually awakening, but I wasn't primed to receive this kind of intel. I was getting some intel, okay? I was getting some, but I it wasn't like this. I couldn't make sense of it. There was still a lot of confusion. And so it didn't happen very often because I didn't know where to file it when it did happen or how to handle it. And, and it didn't, therefore it didn't come very commonly. Now I know how to file this away. I know how to integrate it. I know how to handle it. And it sometimes it's very, very hard. Um, but I am therefore connected to these higher dimensions of consciousness and life is so much better. It is so much better. I wake up excited to be alive every day. Every day. God, there was so long in my life that I did not feel that. <laughs> that alone is my number one reason why I'm just like, this is the best integrating a walk-in experience is the best. And if you want to have a walk-in experience, I would say that means that you probably are supposed to have a walk-in experience. And so you're just in the preparation phase and all you need to do is like open up and let yourself be guided and explore more and more and more things. But I, around that same time, like when I was working as a waitress or whatever, it was super hard because I knew I was here for a reason. I didn't know what it was. And it, Every day just felt like so confusing to wake up with that sense of internal drive and yet to have no idea what to put it towards was such a bizarre way to live my life. Whereas now I feel like I get the intel frequently of what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm living on purpose and I know I'm fulfilling my soul mission and that alone is you know, worth all the gold ever. It's, it just, it's like night and day, the contrast between feeling like you don't know why you're here and you don't know what you're supposed to do with this life. And then receiving all the terrible advice that society gives you, oh my God, versus knowing why you're here, knowing what you're supposed to do, knowing how to live on purpose, knowing how to fulfill your mission. That is just mm, chef's kiss. It's so good. But then, of course, it has a whole bunch of side effects, a whole bunch of spillover. Like when you really step into your mission and your purpose, you become very, very supported. You have you like the correct opportunities are brought to you at the right time. You meet the people that you need to meet. Certain keys are brought to you when you're ready for that key. Resources come to you like, you know, and I know, I know, I know money is a super tricky thing. And that's why I'm not a money coach. And that's why I never want to highlight um, making more money as like the thing, the reason to join my thing, because the journey of unfucking ourselves with money is so extensive. <laughs> the fuckery runs deep. Okay. But, and okay. In my observation, when I really 
started to sync up with all of this and really, really live on purpose, which meant stepping through a huge number of fear walls, um, like, like, you know, a wall of fire. And that fire was my fear, my huge, huge fear from this life, past lives, whatever. But when I allowed myself to be led by this level of consciousness and my purpose, and I stepped through those walls of fire beyond to the other side and really synced up to my my mission and my purpose, money started coming to me in a different way. My money relationship is not 100% healed. I don't think it will ever be complete. I am still working on, on fucking myself um, on the topic of money, but it is very, it's a very different experience. And it coincided specifically with having the priestess archetype activated in me and me being willing to show up for it and do it, even though I was petrified and did not feel like a priestess at all and felt like I would sooner crawl into my bed and pull the blankies over my head and just like not do it right but I did it anyway and then things rearranged and all of a sudden I'm very resourced for the important things that I'm here to do I'm very resourced your relationships start changing your life just rearranges itself to support you in doing what you're you're here to do because that higher dimensional self is operating from a place where it can see what needs to be done? You know, like Abraham Hicks talks about it as your higher self. And I feel like that term is too vague for me. The way that it feels is much more specific. And so I want to try and articulate it with more specificity. But ultimately, we're talking about the same thing. There is a level of yourself that can see the bigger picture, the overview, has the bird's eye view. It's like, if you were a character in uh, the most elaborate video game ever, then the higher dimensional self I'm referring to could be likened to the, the you that's playing the game and your human self is the character inside the game. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing um, Zelda, then you are the higher self because you're directing Link and the human version of you is Link. Does that track? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I was trying, I kind of got distracted from what, I'm what I was trying to say, but the point is that higher self, that higher dimensional self can see how to optimize your life. And if you just like, you just learn how to let it optimize your life and it produces fantastic results. <laughs> and I'll say too, my human gets tired and my human totally fucks up and gets in the way like for example overbooking myself in January my human is still working through some themes and some choices that are not beneficial like I still am very much having the human experience but there's somebody else that's driving this human avatar okay I had to leave that podcast segment the other day when I was recording it and go pick up my kids and do the whole parenting thing. And here we are two days later, <laughs> I'm finally coming back to it and I have a cold. So I apologize in advance if the quality of my voice is different. And also if you have to listen to me sniffle, cause it is, it is a ripe cold right now. Anyhow, 
I spent the last couple of days asking myself, like, why am I even talking this about this stuff to, you know, the people in my audience anyway? Like, why am I talking about this on the podcast? Why does it feel so exciting and important to me? Well, first of all, you know, if it's not exciting and important to you, totally no worries. You and I are on our own journeys and we're not all coded the same. We don't have the same interests, whatever. I feel like it goes without saying, but it's also good to say because I never want to set up this idea that like, oh my God, everybody's going through this walk-in experience and oh, we should all be having it. You know, it's just what I am experiencing. But the reason it's so exciting The actual reason why I'm so fucking thrilled to be here and now at this time in 2024, um, ha- you know, integrating a higher dimensional aspect of myself that I'm calling a walk-in, knowing that other people are experiencing the same thing is because the, the universe slash multiverse that we are playing within is much, much, much bigger. And most of us know that, like, just as an idea, you know, based on the shit we learn at school, there's a solar system, there's all these other planets, blah, 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 blue. And we believe that earth is small and we are small on the earth and that, you know, there's all, there's this whole huge wide outer space out there, right? So we all kind of get that. But I'm having experiences where it's like that conceptual idea and the fact that we are playing in an expanded multiverse is becoming bridged for me. Like I am having experiences that confirm that there is more out there and the experiences are much more tangible. And meaning, like when I say tangible, I mean like... They're grounded things. I can, I, okay, I can have a conversation with somebody who I've never met before or haven't talked to in ages, and we will exchange some confirming piece of information where I'm like, well, shit, they're tapping into the same thing too. This is not happening with everybody. For the most part, most of the people in my personal corner of the world are not tapping into expanded multiverses, okay? (laughs) But a lot of people are. And it feels very exciting to me because it felt so goddamn lonely here for such a long time. And I know so many of you know what I'm talking about. Going through a spiritual awakening, which is, I think, just the precursor to a walk-in. I think probably most of us are slated to have a walk-in experience and it just, it, it, takes the time it takes for us to be ready to receive the walk-in. But regardless, a spiritual awakening in and of itself, walk-in experiences notwithstanding, a spiritual awakening is very alienating. It is very isolating and lonely. It's, I mean, to me, the definition of a spiritual awakening is when you start to have experiences and awarenesses that tell you that there is much more here than is generally talked about in society, you know, and, and part of it is like kept secret, but part of it is just stuff we're not aware of. So it's, it's realizing that there's more here than meets the eye, so to speak. And when you are aware that there's more going on here than most people are aware of, you just want to talk about that with somebody. 
who can advance your understanding of it. I mean, that's what I wanted. That was all I wanted. That was really why I started the podcast. That was really why I started Soul Space because I wanted to be able to talk to other people who were having their own spiritual awakening experience and advance my own understanding and hopefully contribute to the advancement of other people's understanding at the same time. So, you know, I feel like I went through 15 years of being very, very lonely in this experience. Plus there was the whole, there was the whole perception of like, I don't know. I I always try to not be dramatic in the way that I speak about things so that I don't create a barrier of like sensational language that makes what I'm experiencing feel like it's on some kind of ultra cool pedestal and the things that you're experiencing aren't as big do you know what I mean like it's kind of a fault of the English language that when we're trying to explain something that feels really monumental like a spiritual experience we've had the language we use can sometimes make it sound like it's way more overt or way more I don't know mind-boggling or way more physical than it actually is most of our spiritual experiences are mostly experienced inwardly you know and like somebody from the outside observing us might not even notice that we're having it but all that being said you know just just take that into consideration while I describe what I'm going to describe but for such a long time I honestly felt like I knew I was not from here even though I didn't, for a long time, I didn't even know the term starseed. I had no idea. I had never heard of it before. Um, I, I wasn't at a place where I could truly validate myself and confirm what I was experiencing. I was mostly just gaslighting myself and wondering if I was going crazy. And yet at the same time, I felt like I wasn't from here, air quotes. I felt in a lot of ways like I was dropped off here, even though I I also knew I was born here. It was a strange dichotomy. Like I knew I was born to my family. I knew like I belonged in that sense. And I was born to a really nice family. So I feel very, very fortunate for that. But in terms of my identity and how I understood myself, I felt like I wasn't from here. And like I got dropped off without any goddamn instructions. <laughs> not That's not true. I had some instructions. I had those instructions from being a two-year-old, of having children, working with mothers and pregnancy and babies, and also being a, a speaker and a channel. I had those instructions. And those were supposed to get me all the way through until essentially like 2016 when Killian died, phase one of the activation of my purpose, and then um, 2020 when COVID hit. That was phase two of the activation of my purpose slash mission. And I'm just so excited that I just feel like more and more of us are reconnecting with this expanded game this expanded multiverse we are remembering the other realms that exist where we are connecting the dots between <clears throat> random um, past life memories or parallel life memories and the whole picture is filling in and it just feels so freaking exciting because it was so dry and 
boring and lonely here for me, but I know also for so many of you, for so long, feeling disconnected from that expanded multiverse. Like to give you another couple of tangible examples, I had a dream the other night. It was one of those dreams that's not a dream. And I met the soul of my, like one of my ex-boyfriends. He's one that I do not (laughs) speak kindly of because he was such an insufferable, pompous tool (laughs) in my life, in my story this time around. And so I don't share about him in a flattering way. And I don't really have fond memories, but I'm also not, like I laughingly call him a tool, but I don't care. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not losing any sleep about it at all. It's totally resolved in my field. It feels very neutral. But I had a dream the other night and he was in it. And, but it wasn't like we were in a different dimensional realm. And I saw like a greater truth of his soul at a higher dimensional level. And I was like, you're amazing. I love you. You are like, you're the best. You're so sweet and you're so caring and so kind. Interesting that you play such a tool in my life in in this one human life that I'm living. Curious, huh? Like it, it was just such an interesting experience to see him. And it feels like it was a parallel. It is a parallel reality. It doesn't feel like a past life. It feels like a parallel reality in a higher dimensional realm. If I were to hazard a guess, it felt like a Pleiadian or Syrian realm, but that's just me guessing. I'm not hundred percent sure. <clears throat> it was just very interesting to connect with him there and be like, oh, Oh, that's who, like, this is more accurately who you are. And yet, (laughs) you're such a dolt in this one life. It's just so fascinating. So that's one example of just, like, connections that are being bridged and me being able to see, like, that puzzle piece alone is so huge. Not because I needed to forgive him. I've already forgiven him. It's done. It's over. (laughs) Forgiven myself. It's all, who cares? Water under the bridge. But it... It expanded my ability to be like, oh my God, we are literally playing out a bigger story at a higher level in other dimensions. And I sort of want to make a distinction between dimensions and timelines. I'll probably do a solo episode all about this, like really, really diving deep into it because I feel like it's important, even though I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before, but whatever. So in the TV show, The OA... If you've seen it before, or it's a series, whatever. The OA, so it's letter O, letter A. If you have not watched it yet, it's so good. Please watch it. There's so many codes, so many truths. It's wonderful. The one discrepancy I find is that um, they refer to the other, like, the, the other places that they're connecting with as dimensions, but they aren't dimensions. They are timelines because they're all occurring in a parallel fashion on earth. So to me, that's the distinction. Timelines are other, other earth lives, other lives in this realm, other versions of ourselves, our current selves. 
Whereas the dimensions, like when I saw my <laughs> Papa's ex in his truer, higher dimensional form in this other realm, that realm does not look like earth. It is not an earth realm. It is still a parallel reality insofar as it doesn't feel like it's from the past or from the future. It feels like a right now thing, but it would almost be like, I guess the the timelines to me, they fan out on a horizontal axis and the dimensions layer on top of each other on a vertical axis and we are able to move fluidly between all of them and then there are also the different astral planes and that's a whole other subject but my point is the whole reason I'm off on this tangenty ramble is because I fucking live for this shit I live for it I live for it to data mine reality for more more codes, more clues, more keys, more puzzle pieces of the greater expanded truth. That is my currency. Like that is what lights me up so much. And I'm just super excited to be doing it. That's why I'm sharing it, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) The other example I want to give really briefly is um, when you allow, when you're having a higher dimensional walk-in experience whether it's like an abrupt one it it feels like a whole different soul is taking over or it feels like an abrupt experience where a higher aspect of your own soul is taking over like following some kind of accident or some kind of near-death experience or a surgery or you know something like that so whether it's abrupt like that or whether it is much more of a gradual thing like I'm experiencing regardless When you sync up with that higher dimensional self that is coming down into your human body to take over the game, the intel becomes so much clearer. The instructions become so much clearer. For example, I am about to make a very big change in my life, which I'm so, so excited about. I'm only going to give so many details because it's not finalized yet, but essentially I am buying and taking over a brick and mortar store. It's an established store that already exists in the general area that I live and um, it has nothing to do with spirituality. I'm so excited to do this, even though it has never been on my bucket list to own a store at all. It's not, it's not a personal drive and desire yet. I'm so excited for it because it is the next instructions I've received. I've received instructions that I'm supposed to emerge, um, re-emerge, no, reintegrate. That's it. Back within the community that I live in, within this little sub layer of the community that this store services, And I'm supposed to gather intel. I don't know specifically what intel it is, but I have a feeling of like some of the general magic that is supposed to occur here. And it's just so, it feels so good to be able to hear the instructions. It feels so good to be able to figure out how to align myself and my my life and my sense of identity 
in order to actualize these instructions. It really does feel like I was dropped off here as an undercover agent or something, I don't know, a ground level agent. And I've been waiting for my instructions for so long and they're they're coming with greater and greater clarity and greater and greater frequency now. And it feels good to be able to fulfill the reason that I came to incarnate. So if any of this is speaking to you and you're like, oh, I think that I might be having a similar experience or I feel like there is a next level version of myself coming through or I feel like I'm really guided to step deeply into my purpose and soul work. Of course, I have my new program, The Avatar, that is running for its inaugural round right now. I would love to have you in it if you feel called to join it. It is 12 weeks together and we're going to be doing um, bi-weekly calls Some of them will be used for like group Akashic readings as well as guided journeys. Like I'm going to, I'm going to guide you into these experiences for yourself so that it's not just me telling you stuff that I see in your Akashic records. It's you having an experience of your own and then us figuring it out together through the Akashic records. And the reason that I love, the reason I'm so excited to work with people in this capacity is because I have an understanding of soul mission and soul purpose that doesn't require it to fit into any particular mold. So you don't have to be another entrepreneur for this to work for you or be relevant to you. You don't have to even have a job. You could be a stay-at-home parent or a stay-at-home caregiver Or you could just be a stay-at-home spouse and you're like, I literally don't know what my purpose is and I don't know what to do with my life, but I know that I'm here for a reason. Great. I promise you, you can fulfill your purpose and your mission from where you are right now and we can optimize you so that it just keeps becoming clearer and clearer and clearer and you feel more and more and more guided and more and more and more supported. My particular like magical gift that I bring to the table obviously is that I can read the Akashic records but more importantly is just that I am a seer I see you I see you I see your soul I see your soul blueprint I see your like your soul mission and your soul purpose um you know I see all these pieces and I can bring them through and we therefore tailor any processes to you specifically rather than me basically guiding you through a what's what's the term oh yeah rather than guiding you through a proprietary method you know that I've invented that has gotten results for people that's all well and good and some people are very good at that and that's just not my magic I don't have a proprietary method I just live my life and it works for me Uh, I live my life at a certain level of consciousness and that's what works for me. And then I guide other people through their own proprietary method and the specific guidance that is being brought through their Akashic records and by their spirit team, their guides, their higher dimensional selves, etc. So think about this as like basically a very intimate 12 week long Akashic records mentorship. Like we go into your Akashic records, we, you get like personalized 
time um, where I, you know, I listen to what you have to say. We workshop your stuff. You get activated by the other people who are in the group. We go through journeys to get clarity, to discover new things that you could have, couldn't have even imagined. And you also get access to the entire behemoth <laughs> that is Heartstar Creator. So if this sounds good to you, then um, I am so excited to have you. I'm so excited to welcome you in. The link is in the show notes and in all the usual places. But otherwise, if that's not really your jam, there are a couple other things that I have to tell you about. So first of all, okay, here's the thing I want everybody to know, okay? Regardless, like the avatar notwithstanding, all my programs notwithstanding, this is, this is the ultimate thing, is that this is upgrade time. This is your upgrade. Your upgrade is happening right now. I do not care what is going on in your life. If you are at rock bottom and you feel like everything is like the greatest shit possible, this is still your upgrade time. The collective energy is all about the upgrade. I have no idea what's going on astrologically or, you know, like I don't know that stuff. All I know is that the guidance I receive is we are all going through a massive upgrade for whatever reason. A very, very big quantum leap is happening. Do you remember back in September right around the autumn equinox when I was talking about like, oh, holy shit, we're gearing up to make a huge quantum leap. The quantum leap is occurring right now, okay? The quantum leap is not an instantaneous change. There are moments where instantaneous change lands, but the giant quantum leap is like the rearranging of all the pixels of you, all the pixels of your life. It's, it's a lot. We are in this process right now. And it's, it's also kind of like a hundredth monkey effect thing. Like we're all up leveling in our consciousness in a very big way, as I mentioned at the top of the episode. But what this is really um, translating as is an expansion of our sensory perception. So our taste, our touch, our smell, our sight, our sound, <clears throat> those senses an expansion of our psychic perception, increased dream recall, increased dreams that aren't dreams, like the one I just shared, stranger dreams, increased memory recall, pieces of the puzzle falling into place, matrix glitchy moments galore, drama in the people around you, big life changes. You know that scene in Westworld when they have Maeve's avatar in the that like lab area in one of the rooms to be repaired and reset for the next day. And they have those tablets that allow them to access her settings, kind of like a virtual control panel. And they can adjust her strength, her default mood, her awareness. Like there are so many different settings that they can adjust. It's like that. Our settings are being adjusted this year, all year. This is a whole entire year-long thing. Mostly, the different dials are being turned up to a higher volume, so to speak. So higher cognitive processing, higher memory recall, higher strength, higher, you know, awareness. But, of course, there are ideal ratios that have to be maintained and we'll, we are organic beings that will always find homeostasis. So some of the dials might end up getting turned down as well in order to maintain that, um, 
that necessary balance. But what does this mean in like your practical life on on a day-to-day level for you? So basically (laughs) what it means is like get ready to be shook. Nothing is wrong. It's just a lot of energy to process at a higher volume and we're not used to it. And it is taking a while for us to adjust and find our groove. I got sick. I am exhausted. I have been cranky. (laughs) I'm adjusting to all kinds of new information coming in. It also means that you're gaining access to that higher dimension of your own soul consciousness, a broader understanding of the game that's being played at a higher level and your role in it. Of course, I am so excited about the psychic activations that are coming in for everybody. In particular, right now, we are having really strong third eye activations. And as we move um, into the early, like middle-ish of February, those are shifting into crown activations. So really, really, really big psychic openings and expansions, which I'm fucking here for, my friends. I'm so here for it. I'm so here for it. Oh, God, it's so good. And... If you are feeling these and you want to really harness it, like you're just ready to access more of these memories for yourself, more of these things for yourself, um, see things, be able to tap into your own future timelines, being able to tap into other people's future timelines, seeing past lives, seeing like being able to see your loved ones through the Akashic Records, through the lens of past lives that they have had, past lives that you have had, come join my amazing program, Into the Akasha, which is running live for round number five, starting in mid-February. So, the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records are like, it it literally is the difference between, do any of you remember pre-internet times? If you don't remember pre-internet times, imagine, just take a moment and imagine what it was like for all of us who lived pre-internet to have access to limited information versus what it's like to have access to comparably unlimited information through your freaking handheld device. You don't even have to sit at like one of those clunky old desktop computers anymore. You like for the most part, we carry personal devices around that access a an AI replica of the Akashic Records. That's what the internet is. Not like evil AI, but just like it's it's an it's a technological Xerox copy of the the Akashic Records. Okay, that's what the internet is. It's a perfect analogy. When you learn how to access the Akashic Records, you gain access to that much information. Now, I'm not going to pretend that you just learn how to read the Akashic Records and then you instantly access everything and you can see everything and understand everything and know everything. If that were the case, everybody would be accessing the Akashic Records just based on reading a book or one of those free YouTube download things, you know, the... the YouTube guided meditations or frequency tracks that will guide you into the Akashic Records. 
if it were that simple, everybody would be doing it. There is some nuance to it. The great news is that the nuance doesn't necessarily require like prodigy level, God blessed talent in order to do it. Just like with playing an instrument, if you are born with prodigy level, um, God blessed talent, then you will pick up the particular skill. Like if you're learning to play the piano, you will pick it up much faster and you will take it to a level of mastery much faster than those who don't have that level of talent. That being said, everybody can play the piano, including people who have no arms, okay? It's just the degree to which you are able to play the piano. And it also sometimes requires creativity to work with your own with your own blueprint, with like who you are and what you are and what your your psychic abilities are. And that's where a program like mine comes in, specifically where my program comes in. I don't see anybody else's program on the internet that is a match to mine, but I'm not saying mine is the best. I just also am not stalking everybody who creates Akashic Records programs. But I haven't seen anything else like it insofar as I am really, really good at coaxing people's psychic abilities forward when they are tiny and almost negligible and you know the people just feel embarrassed and like they're worried they're just making everything up and all that stuff I am so good at finding the tiny little crystal of truth in what they are you know bringing through and then coaxing that into the dominant experience they're having. I'm really good at identifying people's blocks and creatively figuring out ways to guide them through that block. And I freaking love doing it. It's not something that anybody ever taught me. I believe it is part of my mission. It's just something I had to initially guide myself through. And that is how I activated my own psychic abilities and my own ability to read the Akashic records. And I, so I love doing it for people. So if you have like, this program is for you, first of all, if you want to learn to read the Akashic records, period, like that is the only qualifier. Do you want to know how to read the Akashic records? Yes, this program is for you. If you're on the fence and you're like, hmm, hum, and you're looking at the price tag and you're like, I don't know, that's a fucking lot of money. I get it. I totally get it. If it's not in your price range right now, like really, 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 truly, it is not something that you can do, then that's all right. It will continue to exist. Like, I totally get that. But if you're looking at it and you're kind of like, I don't know, and how do I know? And is it going to be any good? And what if I get in there and I just find out I can't read the Akashic Records or whatever, or like... I've tried, I've heard so many people say this. I've, I, I read Linda Howe's book and I tried accessing the Akashic Records and it didn't work. Big fucking surprise. Of course it didn't work. Why, why do you think you can just read a book and access the Akashic Records? That's not how it works. I know that's what is implied by the fact that that book exists <laughs> and any book on how to read the Akashic Records, but it's, that is not how simple it is. Okay, it, it is very simple and straightforward to read the Akashic Records, but it, it bums me out how many people have tried an air quotes low cost way of doing this and they get no results and they just give up and think that it's not for them. It is for you. Yes, you can do it. 
there's there are very subtle energetic blocks that are getting in your way and preventing it from happening. And that's why it's helpful to work with somebody who can see those energetic blocks and help you to move through them. So that's why I'm running it live again is because I used to just run it as a self-study program. And it's great as a standalone self-study program. Lots of people have self-studied their way through my program into the Akashic Records. But I was increasingly aware of the number of people who have taken it and, you know, just felt like it didn't work for them. And I was like, okay, why? Why Why didn't it work? And I polled a bunch of people and most of them said they didn't actually practice and they didn't put in the time. And the only thing I can do about that is hold like live rounds where there is designated time wherein we all go into the Akashic Records together and then we, you know, like we workshop the process. We workshop the experience. If you're brave, you share some of the um, images you got or some of the words you got or however any information or answers came through to you. You share with me your concern that it's like, how do I know I'm not making this up? Or, you know, I saw something scary. What does it mean? How do I interpret it? I'm afraid of demons. What do I do? Or dark entities. You know, we workshop it together. And that's actually what gets progress. If you show up and you do it, then you will, it will work. If you can't attend the live calls, of course, I get it. I have to do everything in the nine to five slot um, Eastern time because that's where I live. And that's when my kids are at school slash daycare. And I know that time doesn't work for a lot of people. So I totally get it. Yes, the replays will be totally valuable if you treat them like, practice sessions. So if you listen to them and then you still set aside the time to practice, the only way that any of us cultivate any level of mastery or skill at all with anything is by putting in the time and actually doing it. Okay, I'm off my soapbox, I promise. Finally, with all these third eye activations coming through, if you are not ready for Into the Akasha, or you're just not interested in the Akashic Records, but you're like, I want my third eye to be activated though. I have a new bundle for you. It is the third eye activation bundle. It includes transmissions about the third eye chakra, about clairvoyance, about timeline creation, about the sixth dimension and the sixth strand of DNA. And it includes a very powerful third eye clearing meditation and a very powerful third eye activation meditation. And all of that is in a tidy little bundle, super affordable, available on my website now. May just got it up there. Um, it's in the link tree in my, you know, the link in my bio on Instagram. Shared it in Soul Space, all the places. Eventually I'll email about it. So those are the different ways that you can come to play. If you want to play further with me, but you don't have any money to spend, then you can always join my um weekly tarot and Akashic reading group where I deliver a weekly tarot and Akashic reading, an energy report for the collective. They are very deep. I put a lot of my heart and soul into them for you. Forever free, always free, no payment, payment information ever required, no commitment. You can just cancel like, or it's not even a cancel. You, you just unsubscribe. You just delete the emails if you don't want them or you unsubscribe. It comes through the email. So that is my gift to you. Okay. 
I think that's all I want to say. I mean, there's so much. I have so many. I literally have like seven different solo podcast episodes planned out. I have a plethora of things to say because so much information is coming through. But this episode is long enough. So I will let you all go. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Like truly from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on a spiritual awakening path. Thank you for integrating your walk-in if it's coming in right now. Just thank you for existing. My life was so much shittier before (laughs) before I created this podcast and connected with all of you. I hope you feel the same way. I hope that you feel like your life, well, not that your life was shittier, but that your life is better having found this podcast too. Okay, my friends, have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I will catch you on the next episode. Well, that's a wrap. I truly hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you got some good activations, insights, and inspiration from what was shared today. I want to give a shout out to May, who edits all of these podcast episodes, and I want to thank you, beautiful listener, for the valuable currency of your time and attention. You are a powerful creator and may everything in this podcast serve you in your highest fucking creations. Your listenership means the world to me truly. I cannot possibly express my appreciation enough for you and your being here with me on this journey. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. I will catch you on the next episode.